Hey there, welcome to Truly Oz, where we're devoted to sharing insider scoops on our major cities and the exploration of regional, rural and outback Australia. We created these Truly Oz podcasts so before you travel somewhere, you know a little bit about the place and have the lowdown on things to check out. I also love sharing my top picks on where to eat, drink, play and stay. For more travel inspiration, you can also check out our stories online at trulyoz.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at trulyoz. Today we're going to explore a remarkable part of Australia that is a stargazer's and astronomer's idea of heaven. Firstly though, I would like to acknowledge and pay my respects to the traditional custodians of the region, the Gamalroi people. In fact, the name Warrumbungal is an Aboriginal word from the traditional custodians meaning crooked mountains. There's plenty to see and do in and around the Warrumbungals. It's a great place to hike, fall, drive, camp, dive into history, sample local produce and simply drive through amazing landscapes. But there's no doubt about it, the biggest draw card here are the stars. Astronomy research in the Warrumbungals dates back to the 1950s and the International Dark Sky Association bestowed the park with dark sky status in 2016, making it Australia's first dark park. It has zero light pollution and everyone who lives in the region has particular things they need to do to keep it that way, such as modifying lighting so that it faces downwards and fitting lights with special shields. There is no street lighting and lights in public areas are on on timers to reduce their length of use. When you're there, you should also do these things. Turn off your lights when you don't need them, avoid using bright lights, hang lights under an awning and face any lights downwards. It's so interesting driving through the towns as most people have some kind of telescope, or many of them, in their yard, on and even around their houses. Some are gigantic and many have their own mini observatories. Everyone in these parts is star obsessed and it's hard not to understand why because at night is completely mesmerising to see so many stars sparkling above, especially if you're from the city. To get the lowdown on the stars of the show, inside the National Park is the Siding Spring Observatory, which has the largest optical telescopes in Australia. On my night tour, I learnt some crazy things that made my head spin. For instance, the Milky Way has a diameter of 100,000 light years. When you take into account that a light year is the distance light travels in a year, and that light can travel around the Earth seven times in a second, the distance of a light year becomes mind-bogglingly enormous. The most modern, extremely fast spacecraft would take about 18,000 years to travel one light year. And when it comes to the Milky Way, we're talking about 100,000 of them. Go figure. The universe is not the only big natural draw card here, however. The bread knife is a volcanic dike that is the most recognisable feature within the park, towering 90 metres above the valley floor. The Breadknife and Grand High Tops Walk is recognised as one of the best walks in New South Wales, with close-up views of the park's iconic rock formations. It's considered a challenging route and takes an average of four and a half hours to complete. It's a popular trail for birding and camping. If you love your flora and fauna, the Warren Bungles is a haven for plants from two different habitats, the arid western areas and the more tropical eastern ranges. There are many plants endemic to the area and the mountains are home to a number of endangered and threatened species. On the hot, dry westward slopes, you'll find wattles such as the boree or weeping mile of the saltbush plains and small inland trees such as wilga, the desert lime and the kwandong with its bright red edible stony-hearted fruit. 
In the cooler, moister conditions of the sheltered southern and eastern slopes, it's all ferns, sun dunes, and you'll even find amazing orchids in the damp gullies. There are animals galore in the Warrumbungles, but most will stay out of your sight. The most commonly seen is the eastern grey kangaroo, especially in the open areas in the middle of the park. Other macropods are the darkly coloured wallaroo, the small red-necked wallaby with white cheek stripes, and the small dark-coloured swamp wallaby. If you're lucky, you might even come across a koala sleeping in a tree beside a track. A hot tip is to look out for its tan-coloured, pointy-ended, slightly curved droppings on the ground below the trees. The males also make a sound like distant motorbikes in the trees. The largest reptiles in the park are goannas. They grow up to about 1.2 metres in length and can be found climbing trees to dine on birds' eggs. They also scavenge for dead animals such as kangaroos killed on the roads, so watch out when you're driving. Also be careful of emus running into your car. They are fairly common in this area in the open grasslands and they hang out in family groups with the male looking after the young. They're not the smartest of birds, thus being a road hazard. In fact, they are known as one of the least intelligent birds in the world. One of my favourite animals in the area, just because of its name, is the Pobblebonk. It's a burrowing frog that can be found along the creeks. It sounds like a badly played banjo making a flat bonk-bonk sound. Sadly, the brush-tailed rock wallaby is now rare and endangered and it was once common in this area. You might also be lucky enough to see a feather-tail glider, which is a tiny possum that gets its name from its feather-like tail. They're the world's smallest gliding animals. For twitchers, the Warrumbungles is paradise. Wedge-tailed eagles breed in the park and the pairs are often seen drifting above the higher peaks. And you'll hear the sulphur-crested cockatoos screeching before you see them. Red-rumped parrots are quite common. The males are brilliant green with a small red patch on the rump and yellow lower breast and abdomen. The females are plain brownish green. Currawongs are also quite common and easy to spot with their distinctive black bodies and piercing yellow eyes. But watch out if you have food as they like inviting themselves to picnics. You also might be lucky to see the turquoise parrot, which is now considered vulnerable. The male turquoise parrot is a highly distinctive bird with bright green upper parts and a turquoise blue crown and face. It makes a tinkling sound when flying and it cries out, sit, sit, as an alarm call. Another vulnerable bird is the superb parrot. It is a long-tailed green parrot with a yellow face and red throat. But watch out for deadly brown snakes. They are normally shy and stay away, but they are fast and moving and they're aggressive, especially in spring. The best thing to do if you see any snake is to leave it alone and retreat slowly. It's worth checking out the grave of King Todji, about 29 kilometres west of Kulau, on the left-hand side of Neil Rex Road, just past the Langdon Homestead. There is a weather-worn sandstone headstone surrounded by four white posts with a sign overhead reading Todji King of the Butharu tribe. King Todji was friendly with the early settlers but was speared to death by a young man called Cutterbush, who later became the king of a Coonabarabran sub-tribe. Another must-do for history lovers is the Kuwi Heritage Centre in Gilgandra, about an hour's drive from Warrumbungles. It's a gallery, visitor information centre and a museum proudly keeping the story alive of the 1915 Kuwi marches. If you're not familiar with the story, during World War I in 1915, recruiting committees were formed in towns across Australia. Under the leadership of Captain Bill Hitchin, 25 men had decided to enlist and set off on a march to Sydney. 
Gathering other recruits along the way, they numbered 265 by the time they went from Gilgandra to Sydney. This became known as the Kui Recruitment March. For those after a wee dram to drink around the campfire, in Mendaroon, a small town with a population of 400, you'll find Blackgate Distillery. Here they produce handcrafted single malt whiskey and dark rum, brewed, distilled and packaged on site. You can enjoy a tasting and a tour and there's a licensed bar with a great range of whiskies and Australian spirits. Family owned and operated since 2009, it is open by appointment only and you can book on the website. They actually celebrate World Whiskey Day in May and they have live music, smoked meats, craft beer and cider and whiskey flights. For a nice drive, the 70-kilometre Coonabara brand Warrumbungle Turaweena Drive combines views, lookouts and easy walks. Starting in Coonabara brand, drive through the picturesque Timor Valley. At the entrance of the Warrumbungle National Park, check out the accessible White Gum Lookout, which has wonderful views over the Crooked Mountains, across to Breadknife and Split Rock. For those with a spiritual leaning, or simply those who love a bit of sparkle, Crystal Kingdom is home to one of the world's most unique mineral collections, the minerals of the Warrumbungles. See the world's rarest and most colourful zeolite crystals and learn about how the Coonabara brand area was once home to not one, but two volcanoes. More than 500 examples of local minerals and fossils are on display, with a range of fossils from 300 million years ago. On site, there's also the crystal shop selling quality gemstone jewellery, crystals and fossils. And even though I mentioned earlier that emus are not very smart, they're a very cool bird to see up close. If you want to do this, head to Emu Logic Farm in Turaweena, because it's home to about a thousand emus, and you can see them at all different stages of growth. From little fluffy stripy baby emus to young ones that are gangly and still so cute. Then check out the paddocks of noisy adult emus making a ruckus with their drum-like voices. Owners Penny and Phil can take you on a tour to learn all about them. The couple try to use every part of the birds once they're processed, but the main aim is to extract emu oil, which is a remarkable natural remedy for joint pain and arthritis. The bird's feathers are used in arts and crafts, the bones are used for dog food, and the meat is snapped up by chefs. The, the family also create their own emu jerky, which, with simple natural ingredients spicing up the thinly sliced dried meat, is delicious. I hope you enjoyed our journey into and around the Warren Bungles. You can drive out there if you like, or Rex has daily flights from Sydney to Dubbo, and it's only a scenic hour-and-a-half drive to the mountains. Thanks for listening to the Truly Oz podcast. If you like what you heard, hit follow or subscribe so you never miss an episode. And for more travel inspiration, head over to trulyoz.com or catch us on Instagram. We look forward to bringing you more Truly Oz travel inspiration soon. This podcast was made by Afternoon Sport Group. Afternoon Sport. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com.